G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our season finale of Eurovision 2023. Yes, we got there eventually. We've had a bit of a holiday. Now we've been back home for a week or a bit. Just over a week, yeah. Yeah, but it's been pretty busy since we got back. So we thought we'd better get around to just signing this whole thing off for the whole year. Exactly, exactly. And we had an amazing holiday after Liverpool. What, we went Albania, Kosovo, North Macedonia and Turkey. And none of them were disappointing. They were all fantastic i can't recommend going there enough any of those places oh totally we'll give you the whole itinerary look at our (laughs) photos like seriously amazing people amazing places amazing food oh yeah yeah. it was so good so we had some beach some mountains everything in between but fantastic local beers it was just there was a bit of uh, personality and a bit of culture in each of the places we went so it was really really fantastic i'm so glad we did it Exactly. I really want to go back. I might go back and visit for Festivalia Kungus in uh, mm. Tirana because we went to the building where it was at as well. So yeah, really it was awesome. Really cool city, Tirana, too. Really exceeded my expectations. Exactly. Well, look, we're not going to just talk about our holiday, obviously, <laughs> as part of this. And also, this is not the finale finale of Aussie Vision. Yes, for a lot of people who would have seen the announcement, we are definitely reducing things down next year. There won't be the weekly shows and there won't be all those things. 37 or 40 review and ranks but we still will be doing the podcast in some format yeah we'll pop up occasionally we haven't really thought about exactly what we're going to do but this won't be the last of our terrible australian accents that you get to hear yeah much reduced um but i think also eurovision in liverpool was so good it definitely gave us a little bit of uh motivation to keep going yeah absolutely and also just things like the numbers this just keeps getting bigger and bigger and as much as we want to kind of scale it back it seems sort of counterintuitive to when you're riding on a crest of a wave so thank you everyone out there for their uh you know listening and their patrons and all those people fantastic Uh, amazing well let's talk about the contest overall uh michael now before we get talking into it we like to have a little song to kind of give us the flavor or the feel of the show last year was fun what have we got this year? Well, this year it comes from Semi-Final 2's Interval Act. We're going to play a little bit where they play We Got Love. We got love. Like I said on the night, Dale, they all start liking it now. Nobody voted for it on the night, but there we go. But nice to see. And it very much was like almost Australian night semi-final too. So that was a lovely... Lovely little, um, you know, uh, surprise for us. Yeah, we had Andrew Lambrew, obviously, performing. Then we had Voyager closing the show and winning that semi. And then we had that interval act where we had We Got Love played. It was so good. It wasn't just about that. And also, I love it's Okay, look, the song is something that we love from an Australian point of view. But I think it also encapsulates, for us anyway, how much we love this contest um, on the ground this year in Liverpool. We've been to four now, mm. to me, as the overall thing of show... Of production in the stadium and city and how they embraced it and on the ground collectively of all those things together that was the best Eurovision I've been to oh for sure for sure the way the city embraced it was just incredible and you could see the minute you got off the train the signs were there the passion was there it was really fantastic and the people just the friendliest people on earth i thought australians were friendly but these scousers amazing just absolutely even people that were sick of eurovision yeah. <laughs> were still welcoming so it was really really a fantastic um overall sort of um event and even the the fan places being so close you know the village it wasn't a hassle to get in things like that they just did it very very well yeah and a big difference from last year like we listened to our 
season finale last year just to go hang on well, how do we do this again because it's been a few <laughs> weeks and then um, like listening to it we love the contest a song around the stadium in the stadium but everything Turin was missing Liverpool made up for it massively with so many fantastic things for fans um, the amount of people we got to, to meet and the amount of fans who got to enjoy the contest um, partying at Euro Club mm. um, the fact that we had so many Aussie Vision team members on the ground there were so many Austra- oh my god Australians were everywhere mm. but it was just a wonderful wonderful experience it really really was and hats off to BBC and the EBU for the production as well all the shows were fantastic our hosts I thought were wonderful Hannah in particular amazing people were you know had doubts about her to start with I'm sorry she was the star of the show if there was one thing I didn't think Graham Norton was really necessary for the grand final but that's maybe just me being picky yeah, yeah, exactly. I see what you mean there. But I must say their chemistry during the vote reading was quite funny at times, I True. must say. And look, I'm going to say it. I think I prefer Hannah over Petra. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So probably my favorite host ever. And also one thing I want to add, we've got to see the shows in their rehearsal phases. They were so flexible. They were working on the fly when they were doing their skits and everything. They were just talking, going, no, this isn't working. Yes, that is. But you would never have known that on show night because it all came together so, so well. So great flexibility. Obviously, they wanted to try a little bit of a voting sequence change for the semifinals. That was quickly knocked on the head, thankfully. So I think they showed a great deal of flexibility when it came to the shows as well. So well done to the BBC and EBU. They certainly did. And I must say, not to bring it back to Hannah again, but she kept saying, no, this doesn't work. I think it should be this. This should be that. So I'm going to just also thanks, Hannah, for making the show even better than it was. Love her. (laughs) All right. Well, we should talk about the actual songs themselves Michael um, who won Eurovision 2023 just for those who might be catching up on it now well I don't know if you've heard of this one Dale this is Lauren and Tattoo Well, it really was an historic win, wasn't it? We were there to witness history. I think this is going to be something that people look back on and really appreciate, maybe more than they are right now. We're in the Johnny Logan moment, and she was a very deserved winner, winning the the jury by a mile, as we thought she would, and then coming second in the public vote. I think the last act to get a first and a second in either or was um, Salvador back in 2017. So a very deserved winner, wonderful wonderful artist and fantastic song that's charting all around the world yeah absolutely we can't say it was a surprise can we it went in the overwhelming favorite and it was the moment it won melody festival and but at the same token she had to deliver and she did she's such a professional each one of those performances got better and better and you could see she just took it all on board you could be very easily overwhelmed with what's going on and being that favorite no she didn't she wrote it and she did a wonderful job very much a deserving winner very very much yeah no it's been fantastic and it has been fantastic to see how well Tattoo has charted as well as a lot of the other songs so many of the songs charted particularly well in the UK Mm. like what was it four in the top ten or something ridiculous and huge ratings so it's been such a great thing for all the artists to get so much exposure Um, and that's what it's all about it's okay we've got a winner but they all win. I know that sounds a bit cliche, yeah. but they're all winners, right? It's about exposure. I mean, if Alessandra, if anyone had told her she was about to have a top 10 single in the UK, she would have collapsed to the ground again. Um, so it's wonderful. It's just so great for these artists to have this exposure. You know, even if you're not making the top 10 and you're just making the top 100 or something in the UK, that's still massive. Massive for artists like, for example, Andrew Lambrew. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. Uh, Well, of course, look, there has been a lot of conversation. And look, I understand why. There was an overwhelming televote winner with Mm -hmm. Cha 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 and Cardia, who really put together his best performance on the night. And a very deserved public vote winner, but this was always going to struggle with the jury. And that was what that's what Eurovision's about. This is not a shock to anyone. It's 50-50. So I, I just I think people have to accept the result. 
and also Lucas Cardia as a winner as well. He has won before he even stepped on stage on that Saturday night. He is an icon of Eurovision, and he's been so successful out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God, I've heard every bloody hot take about this, Dale. Look, we all knew the rules when we were going in. We all knew there was going to be a jury and there was going to be a tally vote. And just because you win the tally vote doesn't make you the winner. Ask Sergei Lazarev. You know, he didn't win it. Um, ask Ilvolo or whatever. They didn't win it. We all knew the rules going in. I understand there is a thing that, look, if you're going to say this is Europe's favourite TV show and off you go and vote and you pick the winner, it seems a little odd when the overwhelming winner doesn't win. But we... We all knew that you have to appeal to two different demographics here, the tally vote and the juries. Sweden played it very well. They did it. Finland did one part of it very, very well. Maybe there's a conversation about, you know, what the juries are voting on or the, you know, what's the criteria that they're using. But, I mean, to say say things like get rid of the juries, blah, 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 it's just ludicrous. I think it's been so nice being on holiday and not being part of the whole <laughs> storm that's been going oh, yeah. on about the whole thing. And people are being, some people are being ridiculous. Um, I think the main thing is whatever happens every year, there's always a reaction. This is very strong. Last year, were people calling for a 100% tally vote after last year because Ukraine won because they got sympathy votes? Mm. That's apparently what happened last year. Yeah. The complete opposite this year. Now it's like, no, it's the jury said are bad. Last year it was, no, the tally votes, that's bad. 2017 um, is the last time we had a winner that got the tally vote and the jury win. But everyone didn't like him winning either. A lot of people did. There's always an issue with a winner, right? Of course there is. And people just need to get a grip, <laughs> calm the F down. Yeah. But saying that, there's no problem looking at things like the juries and going, okay, well, what do we do? Maybe there needs to be a little bit more. We've said this before, a bit more transparency. How is this being voted on? What are you doing? Make sure that it's done in a very... I feel like the broadcasters all do their own thing in their own way. Mm -hmm. Should there be a whole EBU approach about how this is? You know, I don't think they should all watch in the same room together. You get group think, go and have a look at some juries, look at the Australian jury. I just think it's better to do it in a very specific way. And this is so important now. There's a lot of money at stake in what people are putting into these acts. There's a lot of careers at stake. It's not like it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And EBU should be responsible for having guidelines or some kind of officialdom about how this runs. Well, I think it could probably be policed a little better. Put it that way. I hate to use the word police. I've heard things like, we should have 20 jury members per country. I mean, that's ludicrous. Can, you can't wrangle 20 people to vote. You reckon you have weird results now. Try and get 20 people in a room. It's not going to flatten it out. It's just going to make it weirder. For me personally, I think five is a good amount. Who they're picking, the demographic of who they're picking. I think the average age was somewhere in the 50s or 40s or something. That needs to change. I agree, yeah. Because it's a younger person's competition now, and if you want the jury vote to reflect that, you've got to involve some young people. I don't know. That doesn't sound like a brain warper to me. But, for example, if you're a jury member, I really believe you should be given five criteria, and you have to rank on those five criteria, and they should be public. Did you think it was a good vocal? Did you think it was a good composition? Did you think the staging was good? And did you, I want to see your score or your rank out of all of them and overall impression. Mm -hmm. Because once you start making people accountable, if you're going to sit there and listen to Estonia and go, oh no, I ranked her 25th in the vocal. Well, clearly you're an idiot, you know? (laughs) And also... Like people are saying, oh, everyone should be a musician. Now, we saw an interview, I'm not sure where the country the guy came from, but basically... The Austrian guy. The Austrian guy. He said, oh, I just went there because I thought it was a laugh and I'd get some free snacks. Just because he didn't appreciate the contest. He didn't appreciate the context that this music was in. So just because you say, oh, someone's a musician, therefore they'll have a better opinion than everyone else. No. No, I don't think that's the case. There's no magic bullet for this. There isn't. True, true, true. I think the main thing is transparency, accountability, some visibility more. So people fill the vacuum with crazy conspiracy ideas like, oh, they're all somehow logistically voting around the world to get Abba's 50th. What the most ridiculous thing I heard the whole time. I know. I love that. Do you reckon it was a WhatsApp? (laughs) Like they all jury members across the world got together and decided this is what was going to happen. So the thing is, because this happens, they do need to have something. They do need, I don't think, get rid of the juries. I agree on the 50-50, but bring some level of visibility to what's happening. Can I ask a question, though, Dale? What was wrong with the jury vote this year? 
Oh, I didn't have a problem with the jury vote. Yeah. Well, it seems obviously, like everyone's up in arms because it didn't match the tally vote. That's the whole point of having a jury vote. Exactly. It's, it's to assess the songs in a different way. Otherwise, we just wouldn't have them. There was nothing wrong with the jury vote this year. Nothing. Okay, well, particularly that Australia did well. Uh, but also, I think, and we'll finish it here because they'll go on to too long, mm. is I think back in the day, public and jury agreed when it was even hidden, like the Conchitas and the Lorenes and everything. And now, very rarely does that happen. And mm. I think because of the way the votes are done now, it's much more visible. Mm. So, therefore, you need to change something to make people feel a bit better about the jury. That's all they, they need to find a way to bring some visibility to it. Maybe people just need to get over. It. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, particularly the casual viewer at home, I don't think they really get what's going on sometimes. Let's talk about Australia, Michael. Obviously, here at Aussie Vision, it's a big focus for us. It was a really fantastic year in terms of Voyager getting a top 10 result, wasn't it? Yeah, a really interesting year from the whole uh, journey, I guess, from not having Australia to size right through to finishing ninth. Uh, you know, there was some, you know, like ups and downs, etc. but ultimately fantastic result and thoroughly deserved by the band as well. And, and it didn't happen by accident. Exactly. And let's just get a reminder about why it was so deserved. Let's have a quick listen to Promise now. Have you ever just lost your mind? Try why are you coming right back for more? I'm here tonight. Promise me you'll hold me till I die. I'm by your side. Promise me it's gonna, promise me it's gonna be alright. Yeah, the thing about this entry is the momentum it gained. You know, I think the fact we didn't have Australia Decides this year, they got announced, but then been it in the past. People were a bit like, oh, there's a lot going on in this song. And then once they got to Europe and they started performing live, it just kept building from that moment, didn't it? And when they hit the ground in um, Liverpool from the rehearsals onwards, it really took off. Yeah, I'm going to use the word campaign because it is virtually like a, a like a political campaign or any other campaign. Once they hit the ground in Europe, the strategy was right. Do the last couple of preview parties, get everyone sort of, oh, wow, Australia's a bit of a sleeper. So all of a sudden you got a bit of buzz. They did some gigs before the whole thing and just the way they embraced the competition and the way they handled themselves, they were always kind of camera worthy and newsworthy kind of thing. So they were always someone to be talked about. So I thought they just absolutely nailed it from a strategy point of view. So well, well done. And then ultimately the performances were fantastic. They won their semi-final. They were in a very difficult spot in the grand final and still held their own. So well, well done. Exactly. To go out and win, Australia won a 100% public vote semi-final. This is why we don't need juries, though. This is the first time we've ever won a public vote. Yeah. Dami didn't win the public vote. Kate didn't win the public vote in their semi-finals, even though they won the semi. So this is a huge result. Look, it wasn't the strongest semi in the world, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, we still won a semi-final. No one can take that away from us. And they deserved it. They deserved it. Absolutely. And now, look, you can sit there and go, okay, well, the campaign all worked, but hey, they only got 21 public uh, points. But it works for juries as well. In juries' minds, they need to be saying it's all about their song and performance, but also what's the buzz around the place? Jury members are picking that up 100% and seeing what the crowd reaction is like, and that has an influence on things. And still, look, tough running order, very head-scratching running order. Mm. I really was not happy with it as soon as we got it. Really, really bad spot. But even then, we just wanted double figures. (laughs) We didn't want a two or nine or three or something. We got 21 points and we got a lot of ones just outside the 10 as well. So a lot of people struggled in that tally vote after you went big at the top. So honestly, overall, it wasn't that bad. And top 10 is what it's all about. Exactly. And I think we're seeing this a bit more every year, aren't we? We're seeing that the real heavy hitters do 
soak up the tally vote, the big, big points. And then as you go down, pretty much it drops off a cliff at some point and it tends to every year. Maybe Finland torpedoed us a little bit with our uh, tally vote because they had a zanier performance and a catchier song maybe, but we certainly left Germany in our wake when it came to the tally vote, etc. So it just went perfectly, really. Yeah. It was probably the uh, jury vote that shocked me. I didn't think the juries would come for it that much, but they did. They did, and and it's a really good composition, so well done. I really think they respected that composition. It was really well done, and they did make a lot of that in their campaign as well. And also, like, coming back to the tally vote, I think Albania got 10th on about 50-odd points, Mm. you know, um, so it really wasn't that much further down to that spot. And I really think making the 10 was the peak that this entry had because I think we thought they would do okay with the jury, Nowhere near as well as I did, not because we didn't believe in the entry, just because we all know that juries can sometimes be a bit, um, how are they going to treat rock? How are they going to do it? Yeah. But it's so, I'm so pleased for them. And they really, really, really deserve it. And they've been, I would almost say the best ambassadors. Everyone's been amazing from Australia, yeah. but I'd almost say they've been the best. Yeah, for sure. Had some friends from England messaging me going, best entry you've sent. And um, I want to go and see that band. And they're leveraging it. They're now touring. You know, we're going to go and see them on Friday here in Brisbane. Like, well done. This is what it's about. It's about an opportunity and selling yourself and getting out there. I mean, I'm sure they were dog tired after that competition because they kept going and going and going. But uh, well done. Hopefully it pays off. Now, does that mean, Michael, that it was the right decision not to have Australian decides? Interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) Look, for whatever reason, and we don't know, we didn't have Australia decides. But ultimately, it worked. It worked in our favour. I'll be honest. Do we need Australia decides? We're not a broadcaster flush with money. Maybe we're better off internally choosing, getting record companies to send in their best five And then we pick from there and we spend the money more on promotion in Europe like we did with with Voyager. I don't know. I mean, I love Australia to size and I love a good national final, but ultimately we came ninth. I'll throw it back to you. Voyager would never have been chosen for Australia if they'd not gone to Australia Decides. Andrew Lambrew would never have been chosen for Cyprus, I don't believe, if he hadn't gone to Australia Decides. Electric Fields was really, um, they were around, but not to the level they are now. Australia Decides uncovers these gems of talent. But I agree with you. It is a lot to put on for our broadcaster. Mm. Um, Maybe there just needs to be a different way we do Australia Decides. Because I do think we can unearth some really good talent. All valid points, Dale. All very valid points. And, I know. And excellent, <laughs> excellent artists. Look, what crossed my mind is why can't we do something like, you know, um, Czechia used to do, just have, you know, five or six video clips um, from our aspiring artists and then we could take it to a vote. I think it's probably spending the money on the big production and everything and getting everything going on the Gold Coast. That Do we really need that? Can we do it in a studio in Sydney? Yeah, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Let's see where we spend the money. Yeah, and that brings another point to the next one is, are we coming back? Obviously, the big question is, we knew our contract was coming to the end in 2023. Um, There hasn't been any official word yet, but there's a lot of love for Australia right now, isn't there? Mm, Well, I'm glad you asked me, Dale, because I wouldn't have a clue. (laughs) um, (laughs) Look, you're definitely right. I felt Liverpool on the ground was very much Australia appreciation time. We got mentioned a lot. They did focus on us a lot and our participation. I think we're appreciated in Eurovision. Who knows? We just don't know if we're coming back or not. I think the um, you know the regional iterations of of Eurovision falling over, things like Canada, the USA, probably not boding well that we'll end up in another place. So maybe at this point, Europe's and Eurovision Song Contest is is our spot at the moment. And I think it's a very deserved spot. I think we're, we've really established ourselves. We've gone through NQs and national finals and second places and, you know, top tens and poor tally votes and good tally votes. Like, we've, we've been through it. We're there. We deserve our spot. Mm. Uh, I hope we stay. I think I'm feeling much more positive than I was earlier in the season. Mm. I will say that. Yes. And I think there's some good momentum. We'll see what we get. It may be, and I think we all forget this, we used to have to wait year on year. Mm. We never had a promise in the first few years until, what, 2019? It was always, will we be invited back? Mm. And I think we might be in that process potentially again, where we don't get a contract. Because I do think that contract was tied to Australia Decides Mm -hmm. because we had to have an agreed five-year contract. I think we're just going to be 
we find out in December or we find out in January, we find out in September. Well, Who knows? And we just they give us a bit more notice. Sit and wait, basically, I think. Imagine yeah. if we got replaced by Luxembourg. What a slap <laughs> in the face. What an absolute <laughs> slap in the face that would be. Well, Nothing against the Luxembourg people. Of yeah. course, the Luxembourgish, is that what they're called? Sure. But look, all I'll say is what a wonderful year for Australia. Yeah. I think it's been um, a bit of a struggle at times early on. There was, I think there's been a lot of fans going, what's happening, what's going on? And in the end, it's worked out well. Let's hope we have a full good season next year, yeah. not just like the second half of it. Yeah, I kind of agree. Let's get off to a running start. Well, Mike, we've done a lot of the Eurovision and all the last months all been about the main contest in Liverpool. But for the majority of the season of Aussie Vision, um, it is all about the national finals week in, week out. Oh, isn't it just? Oh, it is indeed. <laughs> and so what we're going to do for this is we're going to, we've chosen three national finals to talk a little bit in depth about and have a little song from each one just to go, they, they stood out in some way and we're going to chat why. Yeah. Well, shall we kick off with uh, the first one we're going to talk about, Dale? Finland, UMK. Well, let's have a listen to Kira, No Business on the Dance Floor. We haven't been the only ones singing the praises of Finland and UMK, so why have we chosen them this time? And we chose them last year too. Mm. And the reason we have is, I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? This is really the highest quality in terms of, I think, the every song, national final, we've had in the last few years. 2010s, Finland with pretty terrible let's be honest they weren't good it was hit and miss let's shall we say hit particularly miss. towards the latter part mm-hmm. sara alto making the final was a big achievement back in 2018 when she came second last mm-hmm. then we and they were doing this umk where they were choosing an artist and having a few songs remember darude oh, horrible mm. horrible since um the 2020s it's really turned around even the 2020 edition um even though it wasn't the right winner it that was great but then we had blind channel coming sixth one of the best results for finland ever look last year okay jezebel um not everyone's favorite but it made the grand final came 20th and they had so many good songs in there and yet again we had so many good songs in this national final that ultimately produce a runner-up finland are building and they're building so well via their national final cha 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 got set up by the different direction of umk yeah they're not afraid to pick something out of the box i know we just played a bit of a pop girly tune but the reason we played that is because really heading into that national final that was just an average song in the national final it ended up coming third but it just goes to show the quality they have just in every song so there is something for all the consumers to vote for and they get it right. You don't need a seven-week process to end up with seven good songs. Just get seven good songs to start with. <laughs> exactly. Seven good songs that are all, they're all kind of good polished versions of what they do in their own weird, authentic and strange ways. Mm. You'll have a ballad, you'll have a pop girly one, but then you'll have some random Finnish stuff in there, right? Yeah. Which is what we got this year. We had like so many good Finnish language songs in this. Nearly every song in there could have gone to Eurovision and been a Eurovision worthy song. Yeah. Totally. Really could have been. Totally. Um, and if they weren't on the night, they were in the studio. Look at you, Benjamin. Um, but they were great <laughs> songs. And I love what Finland are doing. Quality over quantity, and it's delivering the results. Certainly heading in the right direction. Like, oh, my God, coming second and pretty unlucky to come second. So, well done. It took Lorraine to stop them <laughs> taking out the title. Yeah. It's pretty big. All right. We're heading off now to one of our newer national finals this year. Uh, let's head off to Belgium, Dale, and we'll have a listen to Charine with Semunipa. Je te prête et je te donne mon ennui, écris-moi dans mon chat. Allez, allez, reviens-moi, allez, allez, surprends-moi, raconte-moi n'importe quoi, je te promets, ça m'en est pas. 
All right, Dale. So why did we pick Belgium? Well, let's talk about Belgium and their background. They were the darlings for a few years, you know, back in, what, 2015, 2016, 2017, getting top 10 results, getting fourth places. Then they enqueued a couple of times, came back with some pretty average jury-focused songs that didn't set anyone's world on fire, and they went national final this year. And we got the shocking result at the time when Gustav won, when no one expected it to. And everyone was like, this is a certain NQ. He went and got them another top 10. Yeah, it was good to see them change it up, wasn't it? They kind of had got a little bit stale. Uh, It was about let's appeal to juries. Let's just do something solid. Didn't light anyone's fire. Like you said, this year, it was a shock result, let's face it. I'm so glad he went over the Starlings. Was that who came second? Starling by one point. Oh, God, how boring they would have been. It just would have been another Belgian boring exactly thing. So they stepped out of the box and it paid off. I mean, did anyone expect Gustav to be that good come Liverpool? Maybe not. Even I thought he was going to be good, but that really knocked it out of the park. And I think it showed again, look, they had a bit of a weird process where they all had two songs and all that. But take that all away. That national final, when they actually got to a live show, seven songs, yet again, mm. UMK, all really good in their own way. Really good, different. The production was really good of the national final itself. Totally. It was a real show. You could see they put something into it. And look, Shireen loved the song. Amazing. Definitely Eurovision worthy. And I want to see France and your Luxembourgs and your Belgiums go heavy into this French pop. But let's face it, she would not have done. (laughs) She would have qualified right, but she wouldn't have got a great jury score. And she would not have got seventh. So in the end, it was the right right result. If you could have fixed Blanca's vocals, you could have fixed Shireen's. I'm sorry. (laughs) She would have sounded like Celine Dion by the time she hit the stage in Liverpool. But look, I love the fact Belgium, look, they'd been doing something all the time. It was starting to get diminishing returns. They weren't going to get back to where they were. They changed it up. Mm. National delegations and countries need to do this. If you're not getting the results that you're getting, change something up. Whether it's the songs you choose, the format you do, whatever it is, do something. Yeah. All right. The last one we want to focus on quickly here is Ireland. Let's have a listen to Layla Jane and Wild. Survive in the wild But Lord, I'm here for miles I've lasted this long Are you adamant that we include Ireland in this, Michael? Why did you include Ireland? Because for me, it was one of the national finals that stood out for all the wrong reasons, to be honest. And there's been a lot of talk about Ireland since the competition and since they failed to qualify yet again. And I think once you go back to this national final, you see exactly why they're in the malaise that they're in. It was just a disaster from the moment it started and poor old Layla Jane opened the show you could see there was a lack of rehearsal there was a lack of resources to a degree I'll get back to that it just looked completely unprofessional and that's inexcusable for a public broadcaster like RTE now they can sit there and I've seen the head of delegation go on about oh we don't have resources and blah 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 I'm sorry Ukraine did their national final in a subway station and it was 20 times better than that so creativity is free <laughs> all right let's let's get that down right now it doesn't cost money to be creative they are stuck in the past and this was a monument to just a train wreck awful yeah and i think you're right everything we're seeing in these results from finland to belgium to ireland here originates about what they're doing back in their national final and the delegation approach. And we've not been backwards and coming forwards about our feeling about, I I thought they were on the right track last year. I thought that was a good first step for that national final. And then we fell down the stairs and broke our legs on the way in a horrible gold outfit as well. Awful. 
Now, I think the thing is, what songs are you choosing? I mean, everyone was crying out for authenticity. Everything is about authenticity and something real that represents not your country in a stereotypical level. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can lean into that a little bit, of course, but it's what is your music about? What is your music industry about overall? And not to have that representative uh, on there in the national final was bizarre. It was something from 10 years ago. Mm. They are so lost. And I think the only um, thing that could potentially save them a little bit of public discourse changing, Sweden have caught them now mm. in the most wins of all time. I think that's good. You can put that to bed. And now you can get on with trying to find a way to be a good um, nation in Eurovision in modern day. Yeah, modern Eurovision nation, because it's simply not. And when you look at that um, national final, the best song they had was from that teenage girl who had never really performed in her life publicly. You're hanging your hopes on that? Oh, come on. No, no, no. You just got to do better. And I'm sorry, it, it comes from the top. I've said that enough enough times. It's You've just got to make changes. Exactly. And I really feel for the Irish fans because there's so many great Irish fans out there and they deserve better. Um, everybody deserves better. Ireland deserves better. And there's so many good artists who want to do stuff. So hopefully we'll see some change coming. Uh, fingers mm. crossed, but I'll believe it when I see it. What would you do? If you were going to change something, what should Ireland do next year? Go internal? Keep a national final? Well, I wouldn't have another national final like that. If you can't fund it, then go internal. Because basically they set everybody up to fail. It was awful to watch. So you're better off going, you're the one or two artists I'm going to focus on and we're going to invest in you and try and do something here. But I wouldn't throw them to the walls like they did. I'd almost go ESEZ. There's a lot of great, young, fantastic artists. If you're going to do a national final, do at least do that. But are they going to pick the same five, six songs? Because well, if they do, then it's just a waste again. What I meant is more like go for those kind of like younger, different types of music, different things coming out with it. And if because if resourcing is a problem about putting on the show, focus on the artist you choose or just choose someone internally. Let's get creative, maybe. Let's do a radio competition where young and up-and-coming artists can submit songs and that somehow has a public vote, almost like a P. Nasta back in Melody Festival or something, because clearly what they're doing is not working. And for, I've seen people going, oh, just approach some established artists. Weren't Wild Youth an established artist? Yeah, They, they were, and then where did that go? So, yeah. Mm. All right. Well, poor Ireland. We do hope the best uh, for you and we really want to see that turn around. And look what UK, it yep. can be turned around. It can happen. There you go. All right. We're just going to talk about another couple of few different mm. um, national finals here. Just ones not we, last year we went through every single one. We're no. just going to touch on a couple of them and just a couple of quick thoughts of ones that didn't fit into those three. I want to start with Germany. Mm. I feel for Germany. Yeah, I do too. Because I think they went out and put a good... And to be honest, 16 points, I think they got on the telly vote, isn't terrible for Germany. They would have killed for 16 <laughs> points a few years. Look, it, what they presented was not bad. It just wasn't. Unfortunately, the song wasn't up to it from a jury perspective, so there was no points there. And they kind of got blown away by some other acts on the night. So the the televote points went there. The band actually did a very, very good job, and I quite enjoyed the presentation. I think it was a step in the right direction because we've always said, send something with a bit of German identity. Mm -hmm. And this did have a little bit. It was a bit put into a box of Eurovision. Maybe go a bit more yourself. Yes. Because like every, everything... You don't think a one-legged PVC outfit, <laughs> well... devil wings or something is not representative of Germany I think it was very representative oh, I think it was <laughs> hello Berlin in a weird way <laughs> it was but I think more the song right because yep. I think Voyager still even though th th they put a lot of complicated music within to that that people they were getting a little bit of um, negativity about that yeah, yeah. yeah well Germany was too simple it was too simple but then come back to the national final so basically the national finals have been very weak for a number of years now so either again change up what you're choosing be a bit daring in what you go for all choose internally. You've got to do something because what you're doing right now is not working as well. Um, lean into your Germanness. Don't be afraid of the German language. Mm. We barely saw it in that national final. Mm -hmm. So lean in. Lean in hard. Oh, the poor buggers sent Cascada like a decade ago, and they even got dogged. So I feel I feel for them a little bit. I'd be scratching my head if I was German as well. I definitely think they should lean into the German language a little more. That was sadly lacking in that national final. And ultimately, what was the second best thing in that national final? A woman with an 18th century instrument. I mean, 
again, where, where are we at with the choices that people are getting to choose from? So, And we, we said this back at the time when they chose the national final. Like, we were like, what, this is all you've got. This is your imagination. Be cre- As you said, creativity is free. And they've got the resources. Absolutely. It's Germany. And if it's too much of a toxic brand, choose internally. Because yes. that's sometimes all, all you can do when it comes to this as well. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to talk about... Denmark, Dale. Of course you do. <laughs> Nobody else does, but I do. Um, look, it's always got that reputation of just being very white bread and being very boring. And unfortunately, it's living up to it. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it just It's just lacking some spark. Now... I really enjoyed Riley's song. Like, for example, I gave it fifth in our review and ranks. I remember. But it was what was around it that just didn't... The guy that won the public vote was Dad Rock. The rest of the songs, there was one that had a little bit of something, but the rest of them were just beige. I think they've really got to either rethink doing that national final. I know it's probably not an option for them. They have to for programming purposes, but... Again, a little risk, a little creativity, you know. And even then when they tried to send those rap boys or whatever the other year, they got dogged by the public vote. So a little bit, I don't even know what Denmark need to do, to be honest. Well, yeah, it's about the selection of songs, but also change the format of voting. So I wouldn't take it down to... You can't get rid of Dance Melody Grand Prix. No. It has to stay. It's been around forever and a day. But you can change the way you vote. Kill but, that super final. Why do you oh, need a super final? Because, can I just Kill say, it. the Danish people cannot be trusted. <laughs> and the reason why, because Liv in our team, she's got a lot of Danish family. Has, they come yes. visit. And they always say, oh, no, you think this is going to do well? No, no, no. The Danes will vote for this. They know yeah. that they have terrible taste. Yeah. Except when they, when they vote for Australia. That's fine. <laughs> it's uh, been but, a while. <laughs> but they really, honestly, just need to get rid of, like, Bring in international juries. Yes. Bring in something. Because remember, Sweden were in all sorts in the 2000s. And after 2010's result, they changed everything. And look what's happened since. Do something. You're a fantastic nation. You've got some good music. (laughs) You can make this happen. Particularly seeing all the other Nordic nations doing quite successfully as well. If I was Danish, I'd be sat there going, why aren't we? Maybe they're just scared of winning again. Maybe they're still paying off the last one. No, I don't think that's the case here. (laughs) What? How many is it now? Three in a row, non-qualification. And to be honest, I don't think they look close in the last couple of years at all. And the last one was Leonora, so who probably shouldn't have qualified, to be honest. I would have to push her <laughs> off that chair. I couldn't have been the only person, surely. <laughs> all right, let's go into the positive sides of here. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Spain. They mm. were one of, they were our big ones. Like we opened the whole national finals in our season finale, talking about them last year. Massive success story. And look. Blanca didn't get the public vote, but she still got a good jury score. I think 17th they came overall. Spain would have killed for 17th a few years ago. It was a drop, but that national final, it's still the right direction for Spain. They got a little lesson, I think, this year. It's not always about the Spanish. You've got to think the international. They're not going to learn that lesson, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> they remember the public voted for Tancha Geras and they exactly. voted for her in droves. Well, again, you might need to think about your scoring the, system. The Spanish public are pleasing themselves, <laughs> not exactly thinking about the contest. Look, again, it was a fantastic national final, both semi-finals of final. It was well done in a production sense. It was well done in the variety of songs they had. So well done, Spain. Yes, it was a little bit of a speed bump, but keep going. Like, yeah, exactly. you're going to get that. What I'd do is I would less weight the public vote (laughs) and give more to the demoscopic and give more to the actual international jury because, unfortunately, Spaniards, again, can't be trusted to vote for the right song (laughs) for the competition. They want to represent themselves. That's fantastic. But then don't whinge when you get five. Exactly. You know, just be like Portugal and cop it on the chin. Hmm. You know, like, don't expect... If you're going to send something incredibly Spanish that none of us understand... Well, we're not going to vote for it. Like, exactly. It's pretty simple. Yeah. No, no totally. <laughs> you know, so maybe, I mean, Agony, I thought he would have smashed it this year. And Absolutely smashed it. I think he really would have. I think yeah. he would have done very, very well, actually. I think that would have been the top 10 for Spain um, but, with Agony. But I guess it comes down to what is a national final for your market? Is it about picking to do well at Eurovision? Or is it just about picking a song for you that you're, very, you're all very happy with? If 
that's the latter one that Spain want to go with, then wear five points. I think they obviously want to go in the directions of the San Remo type of, of approach. Mm. Somehow the Italians get it right, though. They mm. seem to vote for the right thing. <laughs> well, after 17 days of listening to them, they, the but cream also, does get to the top. Also remember there's a media um, vote in the San Remo, which exactly. helped get Ma- Mahmoud mm-hmm. through, which he came second in the end back in 2019. So look at your scoring system because what you're bringing music-wise is fantastic. Well, the last one we want to talk about here, Dale, wasn't actually a national final this year. We want to talk about France and them ditching um, their national final for an internal selection. Your thoughts? It was an unfortunate result um, for France where I think they put a lot of effort in. We've already spoken a lot about why we think maybe it didn't work in the end. Mm. But at the same time, why I would like to see them go back to the national final is trust that process. Ever since they brought in Destination Eurovision um, and then Sevuki Desider, oh my God, I got that Gosh, right. You got it right, though, too. <laughs> um, I mean, every French person out there is going, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> Not in the pronunciation, just the fact that I remember the name of it. Um, the They were bringing a lot of great talent again. Mm. And this is what I love about some, the good national finals. Mix up of songs, good talent. Maybe they had too many. Maybe bring it down to your seven or eight rather than your two semis, etc., or your 15 songs or whatever. Just bring it down to a certain level and trust that process. Trust your music industry because it was giving you the great results. Yes, full end was a bit of a drop, but that's going to happen at times. And in the end, 16th, I think she came, isn't the worst. And Germany and UK would have killed for that this year. It seems to me, and this is twice now they've done it, they've ditched their national final as soon as uh, an internal comes along that they kind of drop the knickers for. They did it for Tom Lieb in 2020. They got rid of their national final, selected him, and they've done it for her. I can understand. This was a very good package. If someone had said, here you go, here's a... I would have gone, yeah, that's going. But you're right. Trust the process. Put her in a national final. I'm sure France probably would have picked it. So it just seems to me like they're not committed either way. If somebody comes along with a decent song and a decent package, they'll go, oh, yeah, 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 great. No. And also give the French people an opportunity to have a... a, a national final that they can trust and get to know and and, exactly. and and have some consistency with. It just seems to be like they just drop it as mm. soon as something comes along and maybe that's not the right approach. Exactly. So, yeah, go for it. And it's a great national final. I would love to see it return. Well, that's almost a wrap on the whole season, Mike. Look, is there any little moments that you'd like to remember back on the season or little highlights you've got? Uh, Look, for me, I have to say, the amount of people that just walked up to us on the street in Liverpool and just said, oh my God, it's Aussie Vision, and pointed at us like we were animals, or came up and said hello, and um, it it was really humbling and incredible. You, You know, we'd sit here talking into a couple of microphones in our office, and you just don't think there's people out there listening and taking you know what you're saying in so yeah to have people you know uh, quote your words back to you etc was uh, quite humbling and incredible and thank you so much if you did take the effort to come up and say hello or buy us a beer and even if you just pointed at us and saw us I mean that's that was kind of cool as well so thank you yeah I think when it comes to it Obviously, there's all these national finals. There's all these songs. And God, we've listened to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs. Oh, God. But the biggest thing that always makes us love what we do and everything about it is, I guess, all the other fans. We're yeah. fans. Everyone's fans. Everyone we met. Everyone we got to connect with in Liverpool. And, of course, our incredible team. Um, we didn't get to have Australia Decides this year, but we had other moments like the Brisbane Eurovision Party where so many people came up, like mm. Emma and Craig and, and Leith and Steve as well, which is amazing. Plus, everyone in Brisbane the amount of Aussie Vision team people on the ground oh in Liverpool was fantastic we've grown this for so long and they really make Aussie Vision happen it's just not us it started with us in a couple of mics well no we didn't even have a mic to start with (laughs) and it's just been so incredible and to see just how wonderful it's gone and to see people like Craig and the team do ABC Breakfast News to see Mm. Liv and Kyriakos do the turquoise carpet in Liverpool you did BBC International you you were a uh, you were the spokesperson and a jury member at Melfest this year. Like it just it, it's just got such a legs of its own, hasn't it? It's quite incredible. 
Yeah, we're becoming the media whores of, um, <laughs> of yeah, it's like, we, we, who? Yeah, no, no, that's it. And look, I do want to say before we finish up the podcast, which we always finish off with our song of the year that we're going to share mm. on, um, I do want to say a big thank you to the team. And I'm going to name each one because I think it's really important. Mm. You know, we've got Kyriakos, Cooper, Fleur, Emma, Liv, Haley, Samuel, Guy, Alana, Kyle, Tim, Ruby, Craig, Hugo, Laura, Steve, Mike, oh, <laughs> Josh, thanks, Mark, Estelle, Steph, uh, Colleen, Olivia, Jason, uh, Oliver, John Christian, uh, Justin. I think I've got everybody. I'm going through the list. There's a lot. If I miss someone, I'm so sorry, Josh. Um, we've got over 20. It's amazing. And, and of course, Leith. And Steve. Not, yes. Oh, my God. Leith and Steve, <laughs> our, one of our best mates, of course. I was just saving them for last, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's incredible. Like, really, when you're doing press over there, you know, we're working in two time zones. We're quite unique um, in that way. So we wish we could have rocked up at midday and just started producing some content. But no, we, the content was already out. And then we had an Australia team working on it in our time zone. So it really is incredible the work this team does. Yeah, incredible. They really, this people back in Australia were doing amazing. And we basically felt like we were 24 7 when we were over there because mm. it was doing stuff for the European time zones, doing stuff for Australia. Yeah. It's pretty tricky. Yeah, very much so. All right, well, let's get to, Mike, we always like to finish with a song at the end of the year. Last year, it was Dove Sibala. I think mm. a couple of years ago, we had Fado More. Something to sum up the season, basically. Well, well, the season was a mess, though. <laughs> so- <laughs> well, let's say it started, you know what, it started as a mess. Yes. But then it got better. Yes, it certainly did. And I think this- Caught us by surprise about how good it was in the end, didn't this it? This song really represents that journey, doesn't it? From the trash can to- I don't know where it ended up. You know, exciting. An exciting (laughs) result. So before we have the song, just again, thanks, Michael, for an amazing season. Yet again, there will be another season shorter and smaller than this year, but still it'll be like UMK. It'll be quality, not quantity next year. Yes, that's what we're looking for. Thanks again for the season, Dale. It's been incredible and what a wonderful way to finish it off. It was in Liverpool as well. And thanks to everybody. Thanks to patrons. Thanks for listening. Um, And we'll see you again next year. Yeah, but we'll leave you with Blanca Solo. (laughs) 